and welcome to the Centimeter Perfect podcast. My name is Josie Bianco, and joining me is Kirillos Rascala and Julian Zakari. How are we, boys? Very good. How are you? Good, thank you. Kirillos. Yeah, no, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Yeah, been a beat around 10, I'd say. It's um, a lot of things have happened that have An been very... An interesting round of footy, I'd say. Yeah, it's controversial. Been a controversial week, boys. Been a bit of a bit of a few things we've got in the discussion today. Yep, no, definitely. Um, we'll start with you, Kirillos. Tell us a bit about yourself. Um, who do you support? Who do you support? Why? Why? Um, uh, yeah, well, tell us about your footy background. Well, uh, I'm an Essendon supporter. Been an Essendon supporter since birth, so uh, you can sort of call me one of those guys. Yep. Um, I've been a. I played footy since under nine, so I've got a bit of a good good footy uh, mentality in that sense. But apart from that, you know, just love the game, love being here, love watching it, love yep. doing and watching what I do. Beautiful. And uh, Jules, what about yourself? Uh, I'm a Tigers supporter, play local footy, um, bit of basketball as well, bit of pendles in me, basketball background. Yep. Um, yeah, been playing footy, loving it. Unfortunately, missing out this year because of corona, but keen to get back next year, but go Tigers. Yeah, uh, that's good. I'm a, I'm a big Pies fan, so anyone who knows me would know that I do like to have my Facebook rants. Um, yeah, it's uh, been a strange season for the Pies, but I've been a big fan since birth. Um, it's been something I've grown up with. Um, I also have a basketball background and um, was meant to wear the old Paradians colours this season, but... We'll be back next season, hopefully. Maybe in different colours, we'll see. Maybe in different colours, we'll see how that goes. So what do you reckon about the result last night, SNN-GWS? So, uh, yeah, it was a fascinating game. It was really um, it was a good contest. The first quarter was obviously both teams applied really good pressure. Um, do you say it's pressure, bud, or just... I'd say it's pressure. It was a mixture. To, I, I personally think... Last night was a bit of a mixture of uh, wet weather, plus um, that first quarter is a bit of a mixture of wet weather and good pressure from both teams watching that quarter. Yeah. Um, yep. Both teams, you know, stuck it out, wore their sleeves. Yep. I'd, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, look, I'd, I'd say it's a bit of both, but mainly the pressure. Essendon um, really brought it up to the Giants, and that was evident early. You know, keep uh, a side that, you know, does score a lot. Um Kept them goalless in the first quarter. Um, the second quarter, they, you know, they, they they hammered the Giants, and I thought they're going to run away with this. Um, but credit to GWS, and that's what great sides do. You know, they they peg back and um, applied the pressure back onto Essendon, and then um, yeah. yeah, just went from there. And the yeah, it was a controversial call. Yeah. About an hour, should we? Uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Callum Wood, I'd say staging for a free kick. Um, well, I personally don't think it's a free. It would have been a. It should have been a free kick. Should have been a free. But that being said, Kirillos, I know you don't want to hear it. Bombers were just not good enough to win, and um, it wasn't off of the back of a free kick, in my opinion. They had plenty of times to put them away. Um, yeah. And just oh, the, gi- the Giants just kept coming. Oh, yeah. uh, look, yeah. I, I hate to say it. I hate to say it as a bomber supporter, but. We gave it away at the end of that last quarter. The, um, their captain, Phil Davis, came out and said, uh, 
he wanted uh, oh not their captain their uh, previous captain came out and said oh he um they needed four goals in that last quarter to none to win the game and and they they really pinned that on us and kicked yeah. their four goals that they wanted but I think it was also a lack of discipline in the bomber side as well with uh a 50-meter penalty handed to Heath Shaw right towards the end of that game to give him a, an extra goal on the board, which was a bit silly there from um, Connor McKinnon, very undisciplined. But at the end of the day, Bombers fought it out, didn't didn't turn our way, but what can I say? Uh, bring on next week, boys. Fair enough. The, and that Bombers was the have actually... Bombers and Essendon game. Sorry, Joey. No, 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 go, go, go. Bombers and Essendon game, uh, GWS winning by four points. And if we go back to Monday... Port beating the Dogs by 13. Richmond yep. beating the Lions by 41. Yep. Long beating, uh, who was it, North Melbourne by 33. Yep. Adelaide, uh, or Melbourne defeating Adelaide by 51. Yep. Collingwood just getting over the line with a beautiful yep. snap from the Macedonian Marvel oh, uh, in the last he's quarter. A, he's from a jet, that guy. Yep. To get over by nine points. You know, they cause uh, I was watching that game and I thought, I don't know, you know, I was thinking about Dacos throughout the game. I was like, oh, he's he's been all right in recent weeks, but this game he just hasn't hasn't shown up. And lo and behold, last last few seconds of the game, he just shows just just incredible skill from the boundary. So it was it was you crazy. Don't, you don't, you don't so, reckon yeah. he showed he showed up until then? Oh, no, I think he was there, but, I mean... <laughs> I mean, he had 25 touches. Yeah, no, I, I, no I, I thought he was there, but I was watching the game and I just thought, I don't know, he's he's been yeah. more... It was sort of like I was just watching him, I'm like, oh, Dacos, like, you know, should have put him in my supercoach team when I had the chance. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he's maybe he's he's more just getting the possessions and then long behold, yeah. he just bloody kicks a snap on the boundary. I'll, I'll tell you what, I like the way that... Collingwood used him um, the other night, especially when Trelaw got uh, went down. Um, yeah, he stepped he was, up. Yeah, he was he used up. a lot more in um, the midfield and around the stoppages. Which, and if he can do that, especially now, you know, we've got two of our gun midfielders out in Trelaw and Pendlebury. If he can step up and do that, um, I've got no problem with him, you know, yeah. playing in the midfield. See, that's the missing key with a lot of teams, though. I, I see, like the fact that there's no that some teams don't have that midfield that won't uh, that midfielder that won't step up when there's missing players. Like, um, we'll just you know bring it back to the Bombers for a second. Like, uh, we've got Heppel out. Um, we had Shield out for a couple of weeks because of his uh, his bump in the North Melbourne game, his suspension from the North Melbourne game. Essendon lacked that uh, that player to step up. Although yeah, we've got Zach Meridani McGrath, but we've we we lacked that that big body player who will come in and, and do some real damage on the ball and stop the opposition. Go back to development, though. Like, um, a lot of teams get carried away with the stars that they have and sort of, you know, that, that real system-based, um, what is it, uh, system-based, like, progression. They don't really develop. A lot of teams don't develop their, their young guns or they just... You know, they just more focus on the the current place that they have and the skill, and they uh, they don't look at um, the future. And you can see with um, teams like Geelong, uh, Richmond, even Collingwood, they trust, they back their young guns. And I think a lot of teams don't back their young players, uh, yeah. Lions as well. Um, yeah. You see uh, Melbourne, 
I'd say is a good example. Like, if Petrarca and Oliver were to go out, who really are the younger players that have stepped up in recent yep. years to just say, like, who can play that role? Yeah, um, I agree. And I think I think this season a lot of sides are being found uh, out. Yeah, and are um, being you know have had to become reliant on younger players. Yeah. You know, Collingwood has had quite a few debutants. I don't know the number exactly, think... but quite a few debutants this season. When um, and that sort of brings you know in a way with sides that sort of brings a lack of consistency with the team you're playing each week because usually they say you know you've got to yeah you, you select obviously you select 22 a game you should have throughout the year consistent side would look like say about 26 27 28 you know players that they've selected throughout the whole season that mm. um you know they're the sides that win the flag and i think this year that's a bit different you know especially we've noticed with those back-to-back games right now the short turnarounds with sides um you know there's going to be a lot more injuries and sorry to go back to Collingwood but you know we've got now another three injuries from the weekend so um you know they're going to have to bring in those younger players teams are going to have to bring in those younger players so it's a big test yeah it's a it's a big big test for the clubs and the young players themselves to you know if they can come in and play the, the role that they're being told to play and fill that missing gap. Yeah. But you know what? I actually like that from AFL clubs putting some uh, some reliance on young players. I, like, I think it's good. Yeah. You I, need I, a, lot of, a lot of development. We see it a lot. We see it a lot. But one of the biggest clubs that we see it in at the moment is currently the Gold Coast Suns. Matt Rao came in this year as a as a round one, as a draft, as a number one pick. And, mate, you boys can say this. I love that. I love that bloke to, to bits. He he comes in and he when he was in for his uh four yeah, games. Shut up he, about him. He came and he ripped them apart. Ripped the game apart, I reckon. Yeah, no, it's good. It was definitely it was really sad that um he uh got injured. But um he's definitely, you know, the the face of the Gold Coast Suns and yeah. part of the reason why they've Hopefully you know, they've, bring they've some, had a good season. Sorry? That, Hopefully he can, um, with you know that enjoyment and excitement that he brings to the Gold Coast, that'll lure some players to say because the Suns hasn't really been a hot spot for no, definitely not. And for yeah, since I they started, now, I think now I they're think starting to really starting to they're starting up. to rise. Yeah. Finally. I think the Suns, Suns, unfortunately, they went down to St Kilda by four points, but yeah, I don't think they lost any fans. I reckon they played very very well. Um, and look, that that was a game that they could have won. And yeah. that's just where experience comes into it. Yeah. You know, St. Kilda have got a hell of a lot of experience that they brought in. Yeah, of course. So. So I think I think um, that that game against the the Saints was a was a was I think a bit of an upset for the for the for the Suns. But um, at the end of the day, it is a lack of experience as well. But also, they're getting exciting. They're becoming exciting to watch. And yeah, that Rankin, was oh, of course running in Swallow is, is yeah. a big uh, is a big. Uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, yeah, and well, yeah. I reckon he's underrated. If he oh. was at a Victorian club, he'd be he'd be talked about almost every week. He's very oh, good. Took Miller was amazing on the weekend. He's just his stats, you know. Um, every week he just works hard, you know. Yeah, he was. You, he can, was, you can get midfield players to get you know thirty yeah thirty touches, but they will stand out of the pack, you know. Yeah, like stand, eight, they won't go in. Eighteen touches, two goals. Oh no, nah, yeah. I think um, 
Nah, the Suns are going to be exciting to watch. Like, Matt Rowe in the side when, he, when he's back, going to be an exciting player. They've got Tuke Miller, who's, who's exciting to watch. Rankin, who, you know, put him in the forward line. He's, what, Crazy. in his first game, his debut game, he kicked one of the yeah. one of the, the oh, best he's... goals I've seen a debutante yeah. kick. And he, and he'll be he'll he'll break into the midfield eventually, Rankin. Yeah, definitely. Oh, he's not going to be a forward forever. That, yeah, he oh, might go sure. a bit like Shy Bolton, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's players like that that um you know going to start. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think one an example from North Melbourne's uh, was uh, Zerha, I think. Is that the the bloke that can the can run in the middle? The big yeah, body. What, what's yeah. His, it's Zerha, yeah, the um forty four. I think he's big bodied as well. He's, yeah. he's taken out a few bodies from the Bombers when we played against him. Yeah. When we versed them, he took out uh, both he's Hurley tough. and Hooker. Yeah, he's got comparisons to, um, you know, Dugowie, Dusty Martin. Oh, I don't want to compare. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A, lot of, a lot of young talent coming through, and it's good to see. I'm, Here's a random but, fact about Cam Zerha. He was actually a rookie elevation. Okay. He wasn't really a, a like he wasn't your draft your conventional national draft pick. He was a, I think in the 2016 draft they elevated him. Yeah, a, right. To a, a, with pick okay. 11. Okay, so let's let's get into the um other game this round that I want to talk about. So, Jules, um your your mob, uh, fantastic win over the Lions by 41 points. It was just like a real statement win. You want to. Talk about that. Hello? Uh, unfortunately, we have to talk about it. Unfortunately, we have to talk about it. Yeah? Um, I, I, we'll hear your thoughts first. What are your thoughts before I, I start commenting? What, what do you reckon? On the Tigers? Yeah. It was a good win. It was a, I think it was, you know, they've had a few... This season, they've, they've been a bit like um, Collingwood, where they've had games where they've sort of dropped off and haven't lived up to the expectations that um, yeah. so many thought they would, yeah. you know, defending another flag. Um, but I think, you know, to play Brisbane, who is one of the best sides in the comp, and, you know, to thrash them by 41 points, that's a, that's a bloody good win. And, you know, yeah. Dusty Martin, it's just... You know, he'll, there's times where, um, you know, he, he'll he'll have a little bit of a quiet patch and you think, gee, is Dusty starting to finally be human? Nah. Then he'll, <laughs> just, he'll just take off again, and yeah. he's doing that right now, and he's after it. And I think, I, I, I've, I've said to you before, um, Shy Bolden, you know, I, like, oh, I really yeah. like I, watching I him play. I love development and the choice to put him in the middle. Yeah. I said, yeah. unfortunately, because I thought, now we were talking about our next topic, the growth oh. scandal. Oh, so we'll get we'll get to that after. But yeah. I just want to say one player that I really like watching from Richmond, and you guys know, like I've played on the back line before, and I love my halfback flankers oh, in the AFL. Right. Yeah. Oh, I just love Liam Baker, the way he yeah. plays and takes like, twenty six touches. He, yeah, he's interesting, Baker, because yeah. when he first started, he started as a small forward, and I. I was watching his game, and I, I, every time he had the ball, I just, you know, just sort of dropped my head because he was a very bad kick in front of goal, and he's yeah. just very jittery, and yeah. he as as normally every young kid is in front of goal. Um, yeah. His pressure was pretty good, but 
you know, I don't know what the coaches uh, boxes saying uh, were thinking, and they just put him, they just put him back, and it worked. You know, yeah, they that's coming off the half back is very, it's, it's it's almost like a small forward in the back line that defensive small small defender that um, can get the ground balls that the intercept markers can't really get, and um yeah. and then run and carry and. His pressure is really, really good. Um, hopefully, in the years come and he puts on more muscle and um, doesn't go to ground as easy and can bully some other kids. Uh, bully yeah, some he's definitely got the pace off the halfback line, and he he is a pretty, you know, he's pretty gets himself calm when he wants mm. to dispose of the ball. Nah, so he's pretty tough too. He doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think. Um, I think this win by Richmond this week was was more of a sense what a premiership side can do Absolutely. with uh, with with this short turnaround. Like this this these next couple of games, they're so they're so quick behind each other that a lot of these players can burn out really quick. And and seeing a premiership side like Richmond just walk all over Brisbane, which which essentially is what happened. Um, Brisbane being such a great team and and like you know just. In the past couple of weeks, have been very destructive, uh, mainly against the Bombers' 63-point win. And then, uh, who else did they verse? They they just beat Melbourne. But like with that being such a great side, and then losing to Richmond by 41, it just shows what a Premiership side can do to an inexperienced final side, as well as yeah. what a Premiership side can do with uh, yeah. having so much talent in their side, not being not burning out as fast as as teams with with a lack of that experience with that with the older blokes getting burnt out a bit quicker and the younger blokes not knowing how to keep up with with the faster moving teams like like the Tigers. Yeah, no, I think that goes in, uh, well in hand uh, with also um, a lot of teams and including the Lions, their forward line that lack of a tall forward really like they've got they've got um Hipwood down there maybe but it's he's still very young and it's yeah. I, I, oh, I feel I as though Hipwood's think... more of a. Sorry, yeah. what was that, Joseph? No, no, no. Go on, go on. Well, I feel as though Hipwood's more of a. For some reason, I don't see him as much in the forward line as I, as I see him on the ball. Like I see Hipwood more around the ground than I do see him in the forward line. I don't know if I would count Hipwood as a tall forward at the moment, as a big key forward, because he's he's doing more running around the ball than he is doing mm-hmm. in the forward line, making leads and contesting in the in the forward line. He gets beaten too easily, I think. So, uh, and that's, uh, that's just because he's young. He's very skinny at the moment. See, for um, me, I, I think Hipwood is a bit inconsistent, if I'm yeah, being honest. Definitely, yeah. But he's, that, he's had still, games. He's very young, I reckon. Yeah. And a lot of young kids have very inconsistent games. Yeah. You know, when I, like I said, with Liam Baker, and no different for Hipwood. Once they start putting on size... Oh yeah, for real, sure. Um, really dangerous, but you can you can see the um, consistency um, with the lack of a uh, tall forward in the matches that uh, were played this week. If you see a lot of the losing sides, um, I'll get them up now. Yeah. So the dogs, they their tall forward really down there is is Bruce, yeah. but he hasn't been playing very well. He hasn't had a good game for. A, for a while, and you can argue that his four-goal game a couple of weeks ago was, um, you know, was him getting back to his best. But I don't know. I just sort of saw it was a bit fluky. And then you, on the other hand, you have Port Adelaide, who have, you know, they've just found one in Georgiatis and Dixon. Yeah. Who, um, well, you know, to, take those strong contested marks, and of course the small forwards 
can kick goals, but how long can that sustain you? You just see by Sydney, Tom Papley is their leading goal scorer, and he's a small forward. But once a defender locks him down, how how um how uh how easy is it to shut down their game? And Collingwood, yeah. I don't want, I don't don't want to sound rude by it, but just scraping by with Sydney as well with oh, the lack of a absolutely, and that's and, that's that's yeah. that's our issue, I think, at uh, Collingwood. You know, the the past few games, especially you know, when when you look at Collingwood and the way um, when we win games, is you you tend to look at the clearances and the contestant possessions, and we're on always on top of those. In the losses that we've had this year, um, GWS not so much because we actually that's a game that I think we should have won that we let go. Um, when you look at like the Essendon game, um, the West, the last three quarters of the West Coast game, and the loss to Fremantle, those three games in particular, the things, the the key things that you notice as a fan, and I know you know they call these people that sit at home the armchair experts. Well, you know as fans, you you notice these things because you can, you know you you just want them to change. They're very simple things that your side needs to change in order to win. And oh, for sure. For me, in those three games, it was, you know, not winning contested footy. We're always second of the ball um, when we weren't winning clearances. And the other problem is, but we got on top of that against Sydney. Look, that was the, uh, still Cybottom said before the game, you know, we want to go out there and we want to apply the tackling pressure, be first of the football and win contested footy. And we did. We got on top of them in all those aspects. But our problem is, and I think we'll start to win games again and start climbing up that ladder. I strongly believe we're a good enough side to do that. But we, our, our execution going forward just looks a mess. Ben Reid, in a, a post-match interview, said it with Collingwood. He said, we're just struggling with you know, the execution going forward from the midfield. And that's our main issue. If we can get that working again, I don't see why we couldn't contest. You reckon you'd uh, you'd get something out of um, chasing Ben Brown, or I think so. I definitely think so. Um, look, it's I've heard this a couple of times. It's always if Mason Cox shows up, and that's correct. If we have Mason Cox, I have no problem with Mason Cox. Me personally, I think there's too much criticism around him. Yeah, I agree. That. These these fans sometimes is um, like after the prelim in 2018. Oh, he's oh Coxie, yeah, USA, USA. Oh, he's killing it. And then with his lows, it's just oh, he's terrible. You know, get him out of the team. He's this, he's that. He's a yank. It's just like so, you, you've got to r- relax because you know we've taken Collingwood as a whole's taken a punt on him. It's a big punt. Like, he, he never picked up a footy, what, five, six years ago or whatever it was. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think he's overly bad, but I think the, the issue with him is he rides on the confidence, that guy, more than any player on the side. He is a massive confidence player. If he's up and about, he will mark contested balls. When he's not up and about, he won't even. He'll go up with one hand. So yes, mm. I do think. 
it's if you're Collingwood, you've got to go after someone like a Ben Brown. You but, should. We should even look at you know Peter Wright from the Gold Coast. He's out of favour. I'd I'd bring him in. But in um, saying that, in saying that, are we saying that tall forwards are, st- are the key to to teams winning? Uh, at the moment, I believe um, they're very important, and you like they may not be key to winning, as you can see, like. Um, uh, Collingwood got by. They didn't really have a. They had Ben Reed down there, but he was he was quiet. Um, yeah, he was alright. Yeah, you I see, don't... you see, it just goes straight back to the Essendon GWS game. Charlie Cameron wasn't firing. Um, Himmelberg, yeah. I'd say he, he just got up and about in the last quarter, and you can see that when they um, when their tall forwards are firing, GWS or any other team. The um your team your team has a strong chance of, of dominating or beating. Um, Essendon don't really have anyone down there to um to, to take that contested mark or even bring it to to ground. Like if you have if you have a small forward going um uh, going up for a mark or bringing it to ground, you have one less small forward picking up the ball off the ground. Oh, 100%. See, then then it's been evident that like um teams with smaller forward lines win. Like Richmond in 2017. Their yeah. tallest, your tallest forward was Rewalt. Rewalt. And, you know, you, you were short. We went into 2018 grand final. You know, Majacek was... Majacek, I consider... Look, yeah, technically a tall forward, but he's not that tall. We went in with a small forward line that grand final. Like, Cox was our biggest forward. We, we were getting... All year we were getting goals off Jaden Stevenson, Jordan Dugowie, Will hoskin Elliott. And Josh Thomas, and you know since then that's really dropped. They've all of them have really dropped off. You know maybe not Dagoe as such, but um, and Stevenson he's you know he's got to find his confidence a little bit. But look, Josh Thomas just doesn't cut it for me anymore, and I don't think he should be. He, I don't think he deserves a spot in the side. Look, when you're saying that uh, Richmond has a small small forward line in 2017, you're right. But the keyword was rewall. And he yeah. played as a tall, and yeah. you know, he would he would take he would took a lot of contested marks that year, and he he he's not he wasn't playing as bad as this year. What I'm trying to say, he played a fairly good year, and um he had the smalls around him. Um, yeah. If you look at Collingwood and, um, with their smalls, personally, I just think if you play small, it's easier for defenders to to lock up the small forwards, and you know that. You get beaten on that one and one. That being said, the game is always changing, and I have no doubt that maybe you won't even need a tall forward anymore. And uh, you know, you, you well, see that this, these new game styles come into the, the into play, like the swarm of pressure. Um, Hawthorne had a game plan, um, chip kicks back when they were winning flags, and the game's always changing. So I think maybe you know, well, let's just have, let's just be needed anymore. Let's just have a look at currently, the, I think so. Let's just have a look at the top five goal scorers this season already. You've got Josh Kennedy up the top with twenty two, Papley with twenty one, Dan Butler with twenty one, Charlie Cameron with twenty, and Tom Hawkins with nineteen. That's the top five I just named. Three of those players are small forwards. Mm. No which, doubt. No which, doubt. Which shows but, that um, there is a rise of small you, forwards. But then the rest of that how easy it for, is it for him to, to get locked up? Uh, the only thing I'd say with Butler is 
their midfield and their, their the way they enter 50 just suits uh, a small forward better because they they prefer the ball on the goal square, um, a ground ball get a cheap kick off the ground or a cheap kick inside um, the goal square. And that, that suits a small forward more. Memory was so quiet on the weekend, uh, sorry, the other day, and he's yeah, there pulling forward. And so I think just St Kilda are proof, what I was trying to say, that that new game style that might come into the future where you don't, won't even need a That's tall forward yeah. anymore yeah. Um, yeah. works and gets them over the line. Because that was a was very uh, – I heard a stat on watching Channel 7 that St Kilda are – First in the comp for kicking 15 metres out of the goal square. And they get there by handballing. They don't get there by kicks. Yeah. So, and handballs suit a small forward better because they can run onto it rather than a kick that can be taken by a tall forward. Yeah, so, absolutely. But, yeah. Boys, just, I've seen just going back. I'm in game style with these handballs, lads. Past few like years, it. lots of handballs. I don't like it. I love it. I think it's fast moving, gets the, the ball from one side to the other real quick. No I, like, I, like I just want to take it on the game, you know? Yeah. yeah. I just want to go back to the Richmond-Brisbane game. and um, I don't think we should, you know, take anything away um, from Brisbane. They're still a, a dominant side. and No doubt. They're definitely going to the they're gonna finish in the top four, in my yeah. opinion. And it starts, you know, their back line. The thing um, that puts them down Alex on the goal. Sorry, yeah, go on. They're 18th, on the, uh, 18th in the comp for... Kicking in front of goal, I believe. Yeah, they're which is not great. Yeah, um, I still think that they'll be very dangerous. They yeah. are very dangerous. Goal kicking is something that can be easily fixed. You know, you hear. I just think that that kick up the ass that they got for saying um, that the media swarmed on them for saying that they can't kick in front of goal. We just we just um, push them to become um, yeah. uh, better in front of goal. You know, like, yeah. It'll be playing on a lot of the players' minds that, oh God, we're we're the worst. We got to we got to pick this up, and it'll just try. It'll just yeah. push to become better, which is, I think they'll just turn it around tonight with the doggies, and I reckon. Hope so. Yeah, they'll I'd, just prove all the media wrong. I and, do. I do like the Brisbane Football Club, and I think they've got a great young core. Very exciting. They, um, their backmen, Witherden and um, Harris Andrews in particular, they uh, both had ten marks last game against the Tigers and you know, they they definitely are an exciting team and you know their midfield they got they got Zorko, Lyons and Neil um, Mitch Robinson jeez he's been good since he's crossed over to Brisbane and you know their forward line I think one guy that's really underrated in their forward line is Jared Berry Oh uh, yeah they yeah, doesn't get talked about enough I reckon no, yeah and nah, well, it's a shame that um, Rayner got injured because I feel like he's building, starting to really put everything together. Um, but you know they got a dominant forward line as well. Charlie Cameron's just a jet. He that yeah, he signed on. So yeah, nothing definitely nothing takeaway that, yeah, about no the worries. There. They, they know nothing. You should be. For Brisbane fans, you shouldn't be too concerned about that. No, um, yeah. But, if you're a Pies um, fan, you've got to be concerned. <laughs> Maybe so, uh, while we're still on this uh, Sydney uh, Richmond Brisbane game, uh, Jules, can you can you just give us a bit of an insight of what's going on inside the locker rooms? 
What's happening in that Richmond locker room at the moment? What? We just love the possession of the the ball. Oh God! Can't can't get your hands off it. God, that's what it looks like. But nah, in all seriousness, um, it's yeah, so stupid. It, it's been heating up a bit that uh the boys like to be a bit cheeky in the rooms and um you know this has sparked a a big a big uh, investigate or not really investigation big focus on uh, rubble, uh rock, locker room antics uh um, i just thought uh richmond have been un- under the, under the grill uh St. Kilda, dan butler the uh, picture circling now of grundy and more that has that was uh, from over a year yeah, ago my attention that has happened over a year ago which uh, is that's just, just I think now. You know what, lad? Boys are gonna be boys, all right. It's got nothing. Look, that's got that's got nothing to do with. Um, no, no doubt that anyone's. Uh, yeah, it's got nothing to know, do with sexuality or whatever. Or I think yeah. Any look, sort I think of I feel like the media. I think there's two ways to look at this. I think there's two ways to look at this. Uh, to look at this this issue is, is that yeah, you can look at it as that boys being boys and. And like you go into any any footy club room, any sports club room full of testosterone, you're gonna see something like this happen at least once in a season. And if it happens, if it doesn't happen once, you're questioning it. Kiri, but, Kiri, Kiri, you play footy, I play footy, Jules plays footy. Not to say that I go and you know do that to my teammates' butts or whatever, because I don't. But <laughs> but I'm just saying. They're AFL footballers. They're good mates. It happens all. It's 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 as stupid as it sounds. It's within the culture of football, and it happens all the time. It just so happened that this time it was on camera. But yeah, you know, that, that, I, I don't think the media has to make a big deal over it because it, they're, they're just messing around. They're just they're, a bunch of mates. Yeah, that just mess around. They're tying it to racism now. They're tying it to oh. which is. I don't. I don't disagree with you boys here about this is this is just part of the culture. But then again, what if let's just put it into perspective? Let's just put it into perspective it is their workplace, right now. Though. What if exactly it's their workplace? This this can be looked as as sexual harassment. Like for yeah. example, I agree. Some... I agree. I agree with both sides, and I think there's um you shouldn't be doing it, especially as a professional club. Maybe I want to say like you shouldn't do it in front of the cameras. Um, that, no doubt that, that that stuff happens at training and stuff, but it, it is looked at at a workplace and that stuff. Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't um, you wouldn't do that stuff inside of an office. So it shouldn't be done in a, in a club room, especially with people watching. But that being said, it shouldn't be blown out of proportion like it is. Of course, no, no, that's for sure. Like I think that what they're doing now is just make an example of of Richmond at the moment to try and stop this from from becoming. Culture in, in the footy club rooms, which which I think is what they don't want, because at the end of the day, this could be looked at as sexual harassment. And I know these guys are mates, but if Marby or Child decides that he wants to go out there and and press charges on 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 yeah, the boys, can. this 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 can be looked into into sexual harassment, and this can be taken further than just a club investigation. You could yeah. have police involved, and that's that's the real issue about this. Like, yeah, it's a bit a bit of a bit of a laugh here and there, but. But I think two weeks in a row from from the Tigers, and also on the same player, I'm not saying that 
it's it's racist. They might have targeted him because it's a, it's a bit of a funny joke that's yeah, a bit of an inside joke sort of thing. But it's also I don't think it's bit, racism. I think it's just a bit of a stupid joke that I think I shouldn't be doing. Joke, I, reckon, I think it's just not a good look for for I think it's not a good look for a club to do, especially with 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 a lot of the fans being young young people. Most some of these some of these young fans are, are, well, yeah. are 13, 14 years old. What what yeah. kind of yeah. look would that give you if you're doing that on TV? So uh, that's where that's where I agree with you because I don't I think that's that was my concern concern when I heard about it. it's like the young fans. But then again, you know, I don't think it should be done because it is disgusting. But um, you know, that's sometimes as Stupid as these things may be, it's, you know, within a culture. It's like to say, oh, I don't 2018 know. Mary Mead Grand Final, I took my shirt off after the game. That's got nothing, <laughs> that's got nothing to do with it. Has, oh, I just wanted to plug that, that in. That has nothing to do with it. That's got nothing to do with it. Um, yeah, I just wanted to plug that in, boys. What can I say? It's, I don't know. It's like, I think at times, I get there's professionalism within the AFL because it is a workplace. But I think at times we've got to be considerate of these players and what, you know... Who their, who their audience is. Yeah, and we've got to, like, what they what they do is, you know, whatever. Like, one thing that... Not saying that that's what they do because it's obviously definitely not and it's just stupid. But, like, you look at, I think... Um, Steel Sidebottom, for example, with the when he got suspended, like it, like there was t- so much publicity and stuff about that he needed to be stripped of his vice cap- captaincy. But why? He's never made a mistake in his life. You I know? think he's never made a mistake. Sorry, in his football career before well, that. The, and he's I done, he's done that. You've got to be. you got to be. You've got to be. Um, considerate of what these players are going through, especially now we're in, like the world as a whole is facing, you know, such a tough time. And these players are still, you can even say risking them, them putting themselves at risk with the virus and putting their loved ones at risk with the virus and going out there and playing. And, you know, you're going to serve up a massive suspension, all right? You suspend them. But you don't have to go further as such and say, oh, going to make it a police matter or he should be stripped of his ca- uh, vice captaincy or whatever. I think... I, d- I don't think this should be... What I'm trying to get at, I don't think that as stupid as those, at, as what the Richmond players did is, okay, it's dumb. Probably shouldn't do it. Dan I Butler shouldn't have done lack, it either. But I, think what, I don't think it's a police matter. No, I think what people lack to see, I think the main thing people lack to see is that these AFL footballers, as professional as they are and and, and the utmost elite players they are, they all people also got to remember that they're also human. Yeah. And these things, these yeah. things will happen. But the but also, as much as they're hu- as much as they're human, just like us. If I was to do that, I would get in trouble. They should get in trouble. But then also. They shouldn't be frowned upon. Like, for example, that side bottom issue where he was, where they they thought about stripping his his vice captaincy. I they think, think that about it. They, the media to, to judge a person off one one event is ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how many times have 
boys just growing up or, you know, in your friend group, you get drunk and you do something a bit stupid. You want to be remembered for that for the rest of your life or you just, you know, do you want to be remembered for uh, being an idiot on camera like Vlostin was and Short yeah. was? That, it's not, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't define the club. It shouldn't define the person. It simply is, a, it's a stupid act that shouldn't have happened on camera, probably not at all. Yeah, um, absolutely. But it simply is we, we move on and we, we don't make a big deal out of it saying it's racist. It's 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 all this stuff that they're they're trying to make it into when it simply was just a, a bit of bit of boys being stupid, you know? And yeah, it's just a it's a silly act and it's happened now and I think you just move, you on. move on. Yeah. Alright, but with that in mind though, should should these Richmond players have some sort of sanction no. in, in regards to to the silly act that they've come up that 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 they've been doing, like again. Okay, say we, say this. Say they did the act, but it wasn't on camera. Well, then no one would know about it. It's it's exactly. it, it being on camera. It's like for example, if if someone was to get hurt on the footy field and and no one saw the incident because it was it was off camera. Yet they that person was injured. Then they're going to investigate it. They're going to look at. They're going to see some sort of vision that shows that that person had been had been injured in some sort of some sort of way. Where um they've they've uh, take for example, um, Quayna the other day, uh, King King Quinoa Salad as I like to call him, um with his with his injury. No one saw that happen at first. He, everyone thought it was a rolled ankle and, and all that. Media Vision came back and looked at it, and and you see him getting clipped in the in the shin by by the studs. Yeah, and that's 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 the same thing as as what ha- we'll come back to this uh, to Quainer in a second, but um, that's the same thing with um with what's happened because it's been caught on camera. So, some sort of sanction should be put in place to to show that your they're they're professional athletes. They're in a workplace. They've got they've got thousands. Potentially oh, millions of as far as a fine, if, if anything, or fine, all right. If you, if you, if you want to talk, it though. Yeah. If you if you want to talk about consequences, I think a fine's enough. I don't I think, think. But that that's what I'm saying. A sanction yeah. as a fine, like for example, what Papley got the other the other day for staging 500. God. But something that something that'll leave a mark to show that this this is intolerable, especially being the yeah. being in front of millions of people. Well, in the country, and some in some cases worldwide as well. Some places in the world like to watch the sport because yeah. it's just such a serious, a serious, like it can be considered a serious thing. Some sort of sanction should be put in place for the boys to to try and stop them from 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 doing this on camera yep. at least. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I, you've converted me. I, I'll agree with you there. All right. I do. So let's get on to the. Let's jump. To- um. Let's jump to Quainer. Let's jump to... I reckon that's the biggest talking point. My favourite player. You can talk about boys touching balls. You can talk about the bloody <laughs> tall forwards. You can talk about your, um, uh, the results. You can talk about the, the Suns. But bloody hell. I have never seen a bloody injury like, like that in my life. Apparently it went 20 centimetres deep. Yeah, 6 to 8 inches. No, nah, not 20 centimetres deep. It was 20 centimetres... Of the uh, oh. of the shin, so it was like from oh. say the top wow. to the bottom. Yeah, that's that, disgusting. That's that's still big. still twenty big. centimeters deep. That's still big. That's that. That's that, still that, that's twenty That's gonna take him out deep. for a few weeks. That's gonna take him out for for maybe the rest of the season. Nah, 
That's, no way. That, that no, I, 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 listen, I listen to the... How, how do they it up? Is it like glue and stitches, or is it just... Uh, I don't want to know. That's going to be... That's going to be a lot of surgery. That's going to there's going to be a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of stitches involved. He he was in hospital the other night. Buckley he was in hospital the night of the game. The day after the game he got discharged. He's back. And they just got to stitch him up. And he's a couple of weeks he's a couple of weeks off. It's I not just think... a major injury. It's just it just looked very bad. Oh, it's just it just looks bad. It's like you get a cut. You stitch it up if yeah. you're a footy player. You yeah, get a deep but... cut to the eye. This is just gruesome because it went it went pretty deep. Yeah. The, and the thing that has caused it to be even bigger is the fact that it was metal studs. Yeah. And I don't agree with metal studs. I don't agree with them at all. Well, I don't think... I think it's it's a big no-no. Like, I think... Someone someone else else could have got injured. Another player could have got injured from those studs. Yeah. It could have been someone's face. It could have been someone's, you know... Absolutely. uh, Neck or something, you know. Well, put those put those boots on Toby Green. See what happens then. Oh, a lot God. of players would get injured very easily. But, <laughs> but like, I think I think I, I disagree with metal studs. We've we've you seen a karate kick would uh would split open someone's face. Oh, oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, I, I think um with especially the fact that like I remember back in juniors, every time before the game would start, umpires would come in, check the boots of every single player, make sure they're not wearing metal studs. See, you've and had this that is the... I've had an experience when when I've never experienced that. I've never experienced an umpire come up to me or my team and check the studs. And it always happens. I've even seen senior players on my team and other teams have metal studs. I, I never even knew this is very naive. I never knew it was a, it was a um it was a rule because I think it's a thing in junior it. football. See, Seen so being so accustomed to it. Pardon? I think it's a thing in junior football. Yeah. Because when like me playing junior footy and Kiri, uh, Kiri, I know you said the same thing. You agreed with me. Um, that the umpires do come. Both teams check for metal studs. But see, I don't get why metal studs need to be a thing. You've already got studs on your boots. They work. You don't need metal ones. Sydney came out and they released a statement saying they take full responsibility for it. Um, a fine, yep, that's fine, but should, like, are they getting banned altogether? I think this has brought a, a light to it that um, a lot of players now are going to say, oh, shit, you know, I, I've had metal studs for this long. I better get rid of them because it's always been a rule not to have yeah. them. I think it's metal studs... brought it to light. I think yeah. metal studs have, have just in a sense, in a way, gone out of fashion to an extent. Like, what? You don't you don't see many footy boots these days being built with metal studs, being made with metal studs. And I think it was just a it's, a... it's a minority of AFL players, and if not, it would have just been this one player who was wearing metal studs, and an unfortunate incident like this happened. But the thing is, I personally think that it should be ruled out just as much as any other thing that could cause it injury. Is, it, is, it is supposed to be ruled out. It's just that... You know, I think players. I, I want to say forget, but that's just, that. That just sounds a bit incompetent. Hey, hey, lads, just to cut you short there, I just got a notification. So this is like breaking news over something that we were talking about earlier with Callum Ward. Yeah, so Greater oh. Greater Western Sydney midfielder Callum Ward has revealed he has received death threats after he was the beneficiary of a divert. Uh, oh, jeez, device, device free kick that sealed Friday night's win over Essendon. That's yeah. stupid. 
That's, uh, that's rubbish. Hero loss. Honestly, was it you? Look, uh, no comment. Nah, but with all seriousness, I think that's stupid. No one should receive death threats for something like that. No. I think, yeah, okay, he dived. He got a, he got a free kick for it. He kicked a goal. So what? That's the game. We we Essendon stuffed ourselves. We stuffed ourselves over. I don't think anyone should have should have sent these death threats. And I think this is what should be investigated, not what's happening, not what's happening with Richmond. And this should involve police because death threats is a serious thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Death, death threats is a serious thing. Family. He just had a he just had a son. Apparently, I've heard that it's going to his. It's surrounding his son and his wife and. Yeah. So and stuff like that. We, I've been getting death threats. Start giant after. Um, yeah. Sorry, go forget, on. Um, we forget that um, that these players are human, you know. Yeah. We forget that uh, um, it's their workplace, and their workplace, you shouldn't have to cop that kind of stuff for doing your job. And even though it was controversial, I think. Um, it simply was that Essendon weren't good enough to win the game. It, was, it wasn't like they lost because of a free kick. They lost because they just couldn't get over the line um, in the end, yeah. because of their skill. And, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. Um, that's really strange. That's yeah. a bit it's stupid to whoever did that. I, uh, I couldn't if, if they find out the people, the they should before. have their membership stripped or some yeah. sort of sanction in place for that because it's not... Did you, did you hear me stuff up the word uh, device, divisive? Yeah, what did you say? I accidentally said diverse. <laughs> Come on, mate. It's just on your phone. you just got to read. <laughs> These glasses I've got aren't working. You got the Mitch Cleary set up. This is bad. Mitch Cleary, Jesus. Um, um, yeah. With the yeah. studs back on the studs, I reckon, yeah. Well, I was saying just um, I don't think players forget. Like It's definitely a rule in there. You can't wear it, but it's it's not like players forget. I think it's yeah. more that it's been unknown for so long. Like Players don't come in. I mean, umpires don't come in and check your boots. You know, yeah, and I know. a lot of players yeah, I, wear I it. I think they're, that they should, get really, they should get rid of it. Yeah, no. Straight out. Same. After this uh, week, I reckon I reckon they'll all be gone. Um, that incident has probably scared off a lot of players wearing them or yep. being more aware now. And the umpires will definitely be more aware. 100% we'll probably hear stories this week of umpires coming into the rooms to check. Yeah, maybe, hopefully. Or, no yeah, something next week. Don't. We don't want more injuries. Too bad, so. Sorry, what was that? What was, his na- what was the guy's name who had the studs on? What was his name? Oh, he's the first game. I think it was Sam. Is it Sam Wicks or... Yeah, Sam Wicks. Wicks. Yes. I'll, I'll Wicks. get his get his name now. I feel like no that no hate should go towards yeah. him. It was just Sam Wicks, one goal, nine touches. Yeah, pretty good first okay. game. I think. Um, but yeah, that shouldn't tarnish his first game, I reckon. Or you know, it was just a simple mistake. It's it is in the rules, but it's so just um hasn't been brought to light for so long that I think players just don't even know about it or don't even. They just take that risk because it's like, oh, I, I choose my stability, you know, and then this just happens and it just um, brought it up to the surface. And I think players will be too scared now to wear those boots and umpires yep. will be more aware, players will be more aware, coaches. And yeah. Yep. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. I think I think metal studs will eventually will definitely be ruled out. But can let's just take a take a second to uh to get some humor out of this metal stud situation. Um, Heath Shaw recently posted on uh, on Twitter 
a photo of, of these boots with uh, spikes coming out of all all, all angles. And he uh, tags 7 AFL and says, I uh, won't be around these tonight then. Bit of, bit of humour come from Heath Shaw. I think he's a bit of a yeah, funny man. He's, um, he's a very, he very funny out. man, Heath Shaw. And I've, I've got a photo of him. Um, obviously can't show you this, but um, so I don't know how to. But my cousin um, was taken quite a, a few years back. On I think it was one of the first nights out as a adult. Wait, hold and, on. Um, before we, before we, before we bring this up, is this something that we should bring up on the podcast? Is this, is this a bit of a soft topic? Absolutely. No, it's just, it's just a photo she ran into. Heath Shaw, and Heath Shaw was, it was, it was off season. It was the off season. Heath Shaw was absolutely sloshed, and there's a photo of him. He just looks gone. <laughs> I've seen this photo. It's not a good look, sure. Um, you probably won't get that one back. <laughs> uh, it's good. It's all, it's all fun. Hey. Um, one other thing I want to get at. Um, sorry, was that Jules? Sure, was very good last night. Defender. Oh, it was. Back to his Collingwood roots. So, if uh, you don't mind me saying, oh, mate, he's he's a Collingwood. He's a, he'll always be a Collingwood boy. A little star on his hands. He might, he, you know, when uh, oh, when we can't kick goals, just put short full forward, please. Yeah. Look, do you know what? I don't know if they you know take what? the we... back line, but he's all. He'll always be a Collingwood boy. He's um. That, just, that name, sure. That running through his blood. Absolutely. Just back on this. Player and always been a friendship player at the Pies. Just back on this image, you know, I just want to go back to the image. Uh, Heath Shaw, if you listen to this, uh, please explain. <laughs> I don't think he'd, uh, I doubt he'd be listening, but uh, I, I don't he know. Been, he hasn't been in his cabinet locked up. I don't up. know if. Not out like that, I reckon. If, yeah. Look, you know what? I'm going to try and see if I can find a way to get us to talk to Heath Shaw. Insane. That would be he, insane. That, that would and be... I'll, sh- I'll send him that photo and see if he remembers. No, nah, no way he remembers. Do you know what? That, that would be a big him. get. That would that be would a big be get awesome. if we can get Heath Shaw onto this. I'd, awesome. I'd, I'd honestly love that. Hey, boys, we've got to get on to the next thing. And um, Julian, you've been pretty vocal about this. Um the MRO and the inconsistency, I think this is a big topic. This is um, a big topic. And, you know, we've seen in recent weeks, yeah, Shield being rubbed out and then um, the likes of Tom Lynch and Tommy Hawkins, um, you know, that clearly look like those two could have been suspended, um, have been let off with fines. And then, mm. you know, you're getting fines with staging from Tom Papley. So... You want to take that away? I've got to you say, maybe the, the staging with Tom Papley, we'd have to see now if Callum Ward gets it, um, it to oh. see if they're consistent. Um, what I'd say before you guys go on about uh, anything further, I'd like to – so Tom Lynch's actions, um, uh, you know, pushing that player, that Brisbane player's head into the floor or giving him a whack, definitely not on. But the previous week, Hawkins throws an elbow – and that is very dangerous, especially to the head area. Could have broken a nose, could have uh, damaged an eye or, you know, cheekbone, lip, um, and gets off. You know, he got a week, but he gets off. Yeah. I I don't believe Hawkins should have got off, and I don't believe Lynch should have um, got off. Lynch yeah. should not be playing tonight. But that being said, the fact that Hawkins got um, got let off with he didn't get suspended. 
the following week when Lynch did it, something similar, Lynch, I reckon, fairly got off because Hawkins got off. Okay. If yep. you get what I mean. Like, yep. you can't have Hawkins get off and then Lynch get uh, not get off when yep. you could argue that, say, Hawkins was – Hawkins' uh, stray elbow was much more dangerous than a whack to the head. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you there. I mean, that's – I guess they're showing there a bit of consistency at least, but I think that both those players should have obviously been suspended. Definitely. Carlos, you still with us? Yes, yes, yeah, still here, mate. You know, still just here. got a bit of a mute myself for a bit. <laughs> do you want to give your thoughts on that? On the uh, MRO and yeah. uh, suspensions. Uh, look, I'm I'm very heavily against the way MRO look look at things because uh, a lot of the past few weeks there have been a lot of um, issues that have happened that you know really yeah. reflects Sorry, how inconsistent. Well, sorry to cut you off. Do they look at intention? I'm not too familiar. They're looking at intention of so if that stray elbow that Hawkins threw, yeah, it missed. Do yeah. they look at that action and say? I think oh, they. I think they do look at the intention. Okay. But the main thing is with the MRO is protecting the head. Yeah. And that's with umpiring in general. Umpires as well. Sorry. Um. You know, it's all about protecting the head. Um. But yeah. As I said, you know, the intention was there with both those players, um, you know, to somehow harm the other player. Um, so I, I do believe that that's a couple of weeks suspension for both those players. Well, a couple of games now, I should say, not a couple of weeks. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, like I was saying, I think it's just inconsistent as well. Like, I, that, we'll head to the Dylan Shield incident. Uh, just for, for a bit. Um, he, head knock, dangerous, shouldn't have happened. But the play came back and finished off the game. Then the incident should have been looked at as, okay, well, he got back up. He was back in the ground. I've seen players who have been, who have gotten away with, with, with an incident like this happen. And the opposition player has been knocked out and has been concussed, yet no suspension was laid and it was looked over because the person, as they were falling hit their head hard on the ground. That's where the concussion came through, not because of the head knock. Whereas yep. with Dylan Shield, they looked at, oh, yep, he went for the head. I think it was it was unfair. For, it was just very inconsistent from from the uh, from the MRO. But also, they're, they're also doing a good job with, with some of their, some of their um, suspension, with some of their uh, findings. But again, they really need to hone down on, on, on a lot of their findings. It's very inconsistent. Yep. I don't know how you... I reckon umpiring at the moment and MRO have to, at the end of the year, at the end of the season, just have a big um, re-evaluation of their – because it's like a business. At the end of the year, you take a big evaluation of what went right, what went wrong. I'm sure they already do it, but I reckon a big one this year, especially umpiring, just holding the ball and the call. Like every week, you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So player will yeah. fall the ball and then – a tackler would come on and that's holding the ball and the well, next, think, next round is it's different and it's like well how, how do I shout at this is it a ball or what like well, yeah. I think I think the thing is with that the thing is with that is that uh, the, for some reason the AFL's decided that every week the rules have to change and I, I don't know which um which coach brought it up or someone some media personality brought it up and said that the I think it was Richo Richo brought it up and said that. These rules are continuous. Each they, they shouldn't be changing week in week out. The holding the ball rule has changed in the past few weeks dramatically. 
Like, um, yeah. I think it was the game, I think it was against Brisbane. Um, Andy McGrath was caught, was, was ju- had just picked up the ball, had both arms wrapped by two Brisbane players, got tackled to the ground, no prior opportunity, yeah. and got, yeah. got, got they caught They were fighting up the, the same ball, and it was called holding the ball. It's, that's that's the type of stuff that I think the, the AFL and the Umpos, Umpires Association have to look at and reevaluate their interpretation and maybe teach it different or look at it different or study it different, however they do it. And that's just the same for the MRO with handing out fines. They need to take a big reevaluation of the of how they look at um, the suspensions and fines and and uh, change it maybe a little bit. I know we're we're trying not to change the game more and more, but I think changing it for the better, like in these instances, you yep. know, need to happen. I reckon because oh, I, I just can't just can't every week go into a game unsure of how an umpire is going to blow their whistle. You don't well, go, you don't go watch NBA and then someone, you know, slaps the ball off the back, about the backboard and it's not called a, yeah. uh, what is it? Um, interference or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Not like in. umpires just, oh, you know, interpret it different. No, it, you, that's not good yeah. enough. So there's got to be some level of consistency. Otherwise I have seen you watch the footy and you are very vocal when you watch it, mate. Um, very, I do very. like to get up and about. Very, very vocal. Especially I, uh, have uh, some Collingwood blind. Collingwood Richmond this year at my place. This that bloke was... was um, Probably one of the most vocal games. <laughs> that was just... I don't know what the hell will just happen. We've been waiting for that game for like three months and it was just a draw. And I just felt empty yep. when I drove home. I just felt inside. Yeah. It was not okay. Hey, lads, we're going to get on to the... One of the last things. So, give us. So we we do this every week. Um, starting now, obviously. Um, team of the week from each of you, each of us. So, we'll start with uh, you, uh, Kirillos, or if you want to start, and then yeah, no I'll worries. go and uh, Jules, you finish it up. Yep. So All give right. us your team of the week. So uh, my back line starts off with uh, Maynard, Hurley and Shaw. I think the three had uh, pretty pretty promising games. I think um, Hurley as well had a really, really strong game with 23 touches, which, uh, you know, shone, which was the real push for me as compared to um, other other players who could have placed him there. Shaw with two goals, big um, big for a, bat, for a defender, so I chucked him in for that. Then in my half-back, I've got Baker, Jonas and Whitfield. Um, again, with Whitfield... Um, he had a he had a strong game yesterday, and I, I had a few other strong midfielders in, so I couldn't really chuck him in there. So I put him on my half back line. Um, Guthrie, Miller, and Dacos on the in the center. Um, half forward, I've got Martin, Revolt, and Myers. Grown Myers. Um, I think Martin, Revolt, both both strong players this week, and really showed what Richmond can do if they if they turn on. Uh, Butler, Dixon, and Hawkins as my uh. Full forwards, uh, big big players that came in for the week. Uh, my followers got Laddams. Yep. The rock oh, he's, a big, um, he's a he's a good player that one. Yeah. Uh, Zach Merritt had a had a strong game with 30, 33 touches. I look as as an Essendon supporter, I think um I think watching him play yesterday was 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 it was good to see that someone finally decided to stand up. Uh, Adams. And then my interchange, I really enjoyed watching Coniglio yesterday. Uh, really, Coniglio really... or Cornelio? Coniglio. Coniglio. I don't know how Coniglio. his name is pronounced. I, I like calling him Coniglio because there's a G. <laughs> Look, I pronounce it how it's how it's spelled. Um, 
Just, uh, it's just a bit like, uh, I, I like calling him Cog, to be honest. I like calling Cog. him Cog. Uh, the masking, the masked bandits. The Cornelio, he, uh, I, I, I enjoyed watching him yesterday. I thought he was good. Uh, Clayton Oliver from Melbourne. Marshall, and, you know, just to top it off, I'll put Rankin in there as well. All right. Interesting. Um, very good. We've got a couple of similarities. So from my back line, I've gone a little bit of a smallish type back line. Um, so I've put in Heath Shaw, a couple of snags. So great talent, Heath, always has been. Um, Pull back, got Sam May from the Melbourne Footy Club. Watched that game, thought, although, like, you know, Adelaide not one of the best sides, but uh, thought he was solid at um, fullback. Um, in my back pocket, I've chucked in uh, one of my favourites from the Collingwood Footy Club, Brayden Maynard, just his toughness every week, week in, week out. He's starting to finally get the recognition that he deserves. So keep going, Bruzzy. Um, at the halfback line, I've put Paul Seedsman. From the Crows, I thought he was great. Two goals, 17 touches. Um, put Alex Witherden, he had from the uh, Brisbane Lions at centre-half back. He's, he had 19 touches with 10 marks. Um, and the other half-back flank, Liam Baker, thought he was a huge standout. Um, on the, on the, the centre-line, I've got the two wings. Now, I haven't put any real... Wingman, but what I've done is I've chucked Jack McRae from the Bulldogs and Tim Taranto. He, since he's been back from injury, Tim Taranto's just been enormous for the Giants. Um, in the middle, Tuke Miller. Tuke Tuke thought he was good. Um, 18 touches, two goals, thought he was terrific. Um, in the half forward line, Robbie Gray, Jack Rewald, and Mitch Wallace. Uh, two forward pockets. Eight goals between them. Uh, Butler had four goals and 13 touches for the Saints, and Grime Myers had four goals, 11 touches for the Cats. And at full forward, I've put Tommy Hawkins. So Geelong's forward line was um, very powerful against very the strong. Roos. Um, my followers, I've agreed with you there, uh, Kiros. I've put as my ruckman uh, Peter Latham, so I think they pronounce it. He has been very good. He had a goal, 18 touches, and 32 hitouts. Um, like to see how he goes up with Brody Grundy. I'm sure that'll be a good battle. Um, my other followers, you know, Clay and Oliver and um, Jack Steele were two standouts. I think Steele had two goals as well. Um, and on the bench, so put Zach Merritt from the, the Bombers. Just thought he was, you know, around the ball, contested possessions. He was great. Um, Cornelio. As Kirillos likes to call him, the cog. Um, Dusty Martin. And the last player on the bench I've put... Now, Evan Paps, if you'll listen to this, I'm still calling him the Macedonian Marvel. I don't care if he's from Greece, whatever. I'm putting the Macedonian Marvel, Josh Dacos. He is going to be a star. Jules? Very good. I also had some similarities to both of you, but also some differences. Uh, Up, back, I've got... Shaw, Ridley, and Maynard. Shaw, just standout performance. Two goals from a backman back to his roots. Yeah. Um, strong, he gave up a few, but, you know, he got him back with the two goals and everything's too strong. Ridley, uh, because every week he just shows 
what a good player he is. He's consistent. He's clean. I don't think I've ever seen him get tackled. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, he just dodges tackles and he, oh, mate, I haven't, I haven't seen him drop the ball or stuff up a kick, stuff up a handball, just like other um, people do under pressure. And then Maynard, you know, got to chuck him in there. He's consistent every week. Um, also helps yep. that he scores me very highly for my super coach week yep. in, week out. Um, yep. He'd probably like to have his voice break back on the weekend when he was shouting at Tom Papley for a flop. <laughs> but it was a flop. Um, yeah. Probably have that one back, but no, overall, <laughs> very good performance. Baker, just because I, um, I reckon he was insane off the halfback. Um, that run, real Shane Edwards-like, uh, sorry, Bashahooli-like, um, probably with a bit more speed, I reckon, and a bit more, um, yeah, delivery inside 50 and a bit more speed. Um, Jonas from Port, just consistent every week, very good. Um, he's he's a great leader up there. Brings yep. the, um, you know, to do what they did um, to the dogs, and it was a very tight, I reckon, um, no doubt he would have had uh, some influence on that. Lloyd from the Swans because he's uh, just consistent as well every week, you know, and I think uh, he, he gets possessions and you can say, oh, you know, he gets blah, 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 this many possessions, but what do you do with it? But I reckon he's very good um, with possessions and he's, he fights hard. He's a good he's a good gladiator for the game, yep. I reckon. Yep. All right. I've gone with a bit, bit weird uh, wings. I've gone with Keem Guthrie. Yep. Okay. Um, I've gone with Tuke Miller in the centre, and I've gone with Dacos. I was going to call him Peter Dacos, um, but it's not. It's, uh, it's Josh. It's the just as good Dacos. Uh, yeah, just get uh, in there. On the, on the other wing, and, yeah, those those are all self-explanatory why they were good. Miller, you just know how much I like Miller. Yep. Playing with the centre. Yep. Um, then in the, four, in the half forward, I've got Zach Butters. He was insane on the weekend as well. I mean, the other day. Whitfield, always good, ball in hand, um, makes very good decisions. Powell from Gold Okay, that's an interesting one. Yeah, a bit interesting, but I reckon he's, he played a pretty good game. And, uh, you know, they were calling his name. Every time they called his name, you know, I got excited because I, I thought he was very good. I watched that game and I thought um, just the Suns overall, I thought that was very nice, very good. Yeah, a bit unlucky to not get the win, I reckon. Unlucky, but I thought they were very good. But yep. luck. Butler and uh, Butler, 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 danger, danger, danger. Danger, yeah, very good. Probably all Australian form, no doubt. Absolutely. Just a lock. Absolutely. Um, you could have argued any of the top fours this week, Lynch, Rewald, Hawkins, but I've gone with Hawkins just because he's a monster. And I reckon he, um, he brings people in the game. He's got a good kick on him. He's... He's, he's coming back, old Hawkins. You haven't seen him for a, a yeah, while. Yeah, look, he's um, not yeah. a huge fan of him. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of that boy. Purely because he and... tore us apart in the 2011 Grand Final, but it doesn't matter. Anyways, please continue. He's a big boy, and uh, yeah, he's playing very good. Mitch yep. Wallace I have in the pocket. I reckon he's just, he's also a gladiator. You know, he's had that, he had that cut on his eye last from last week, and he's playing it with it now, and he... Gets hit in the head after taking a contested mark and can't go. He can't slot the goal and um, just the way he threw the ball in anger because he wanted to take it because that's how much he wears the club on his sleeve. I think that's very good from a from a player. And you just 
every time you go in one on one with Mitchell Wallace, you know you're gonna get something out of it, and I think he battles very, very hard. Yep. For the ruck, I've also gone Laddams. You've had to convince me to go Laddams, but I don't know how I did not um, pick him in the first place. Uh, he's very good in week in week out. I reckon he's been um, outstanding and uh, interesting to see how he'd go tonight. No doubt he'd probably play another good game. Uh, yeah, Pat, I got Martin, Steele, and Oliver. Martin, just purely for the fact that he's kicking inside 50 and the way he, he uses his possessions. Um, Steele, I've got to say as well, he's probably a lock for all Australia now. He just He's so good, and I, I like watching him play a lot. Um, Oliver, bloody hell. <laughs> you know, you, I don't think anyone could leave Oliver out of the team this week, just um, for the possessions and... Um, you know, a lot of criticism on, on him for how he uses his possessions, but I think against mm. Adelaide was uh, very good and North Tandy, 205 uh, super coach points. Yep. On the bench, I've got Adams, Neil, and Bolton, Cornelio, very, all very good, but I'd, I've got to say my team is probably um, too strong to have those guys jump in. But yep. yeah. All right, that's all good. Um, yeah, we'll go with our tips for round 11 now, and then we'll. Wrap it up. So, Kiri, do you want me to go first or do you want to take it away? No, oh, I'm happy for you to go first there, mate. Yep, all right. I've got um, later on today at 4.35, I've got the Tigers to take down Port. I reckon Richmond are on a roll now. They're coming. Um, and Bruce McAvaney summed this up well last night. The best two teams in the comp right now are Richmond and West Coast. Richmond... They'll beat the power, I reckon. Brisbane will win comfortably over the Dogs this evening. Um, West Coast to beat the Blues, I think that'll be pretty comfortable. Um, actually got a, a bet on that with uh, um, Joel Isherwood's father over a slab. If Carlton get done by 66 points, I'll get a slab of beer. So that'll be good. Um, be cheering on the West Coast, we are. Yeah, unfortunately, I want him to win by about 11 goals. <laughs> yeah, not not a fan of the Blues. There's a big rivalry there. Um, Hard for you to pick. Yeah. Um, now nah, we're going to the next one. So the Ds should beat the Roos, I reckon. Um, and then Monday, 6.10 p.m., um, St. Kilda Long. Now, that's a good game, but... I'm feeling Geelong. I'm feeling the Cats that they'll 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 get over the line over the yeah, Saints. Off the pick, I don't know actually. Yeah, um, off the stadium the same day, uh, Freo and the Hawks. I think I'm gonna go with Freo just just on recent form. Um, they beat us, so on the back of that. Um, Tuesday, Adelaide Oval, Collingwood. Adelaide, I think Collingwood have got to go out and make you know a big statement, and I think this is the game that we've got to do that. Although I'm a bit nervous because the Crows need to, or want to win a game, um, I'm a bit worried about that. But I think the Pies should win comfortably, and the Suns and the Bombers. That's another good game. But I'm sorry, Kirillos, just for the fact it's at Metricon, I'm going to have to go with the Suns. Just don't screw you there. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Oh. Um, I'll, I'll go. All right. I'll go. 
All right. I don't like tipping my own team. I don't like betting on my own team, but purely for the podcast, so I'll, I'll go with the Tigers. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to say anything else. We'll just move on. Yeah. Anything else? Um, Brisbane doggies. I reckon Brisbane will just win comfortably. Uh, mm-hmm. All that talk about not kicking in front of goal very well. I reckon it will just, um, you know, it'll switch and they'll probably won't even kick a point tonight. So um, West Coast Carlton. West Coast will probably win comfortably, but then again, I feel like Carlton somehow um, each year just have that one game where they just have an upset and could be ten, it could be. Uh, against West Coast, but we'll see. Uh, that'd be very funny. But um, be. I'm back in West Coast. Yeah. Melbourne, North Melbourne. I think I think Melbourne will be too good. Then again, I reckon it'll be close. I reckon North Melbourne will give them a run for their money. Yeah. Uh, St Kilda, Geelong. I reckon I reckon the Saints will be too good. Um, They've been waiting for um, a good challenging game and they showed up against Port. They've showed up week in, week out, and I reckon they'll show up again. Yep. And long, uh, Freeman and Hawthorne, I'm back in Freo all the way. I cannot back the Hawks. Um, they bet yep. they bet Carlton, but I reckon um, like that was no statement. That was no nothing special, nothing flash. Um, I reckon Hawthorne have got a lot of problems, and I think Freo right now trusting their, their young fellas. Yep, um, which we don't seem to be doing. Yep. Um, and I think Freo will get over the line. Adelaide Collingwood, I reckon Collingwood win very, very, very comfortably. Oh, I hope so. Um, um, yeah, but um, hopefully the Crows can show a bit of a bit of fight, you know, with their young talent as well and give the kids not. a big run um, just to show something from that place. A little yeah. heartbeat, if, if anything. A little, little bit of a heartbeat, yeah. A little bit of a heartbeat. Um, and then Essendon Gold Coast. Ooh, that's very tough because I think God, I think Essendon will be furious with their loss, and I think they'll be very um uh, hungry to win. But I yep. think Gold Coast will just be too good. Yeah, look, that if Collingwood and Melbourne both get a win this weekend, oh sorry, this week I should say actually, um that actually that sets up a a massive um contest next week between the two. Next yep. Saturday, that's that's going to be huge for both clubs. So hopefully they both get over the line. Even bigger if say Melbourne lose or one of the teams. Yeah, lose, no, absolutely. Win, especially the really desperate. But yeah, no, definitely. Carlos. Alrighty, alrighty. So I'm going to go uh, Richmond with this one, riding off momentum. Uh, two weeks of 41 point wins. Uh, I think it'll be Richmond against Port. Or oh, Richmond will have it. Um, I think. I'll definitely be going with the Lions here on this one. After a 41-point loss, they're definitely ready. In. They're, they're coming back in with a hot win against the Dogs. Um, West Coast have my tip. Uh, Melbourne look like they're going to be the stronger team this week, so I'm going to tip Melbourne for this one. Um, I think Geelong's going to... Geelong's missing a few of their good players, so I'm, I'm going to tip St Kilda here, especially after... like they. Just beat Gold Coast, but the week before they had a very promising win, so I'm going to go with the Saints on this one. Um, this is a bit different than you boys, but I'm going to go with Hawthorne here. I think Hawthorne's going to going to just go just make it over the uh, the Dockers only for the sense that never doubt Alistair Clarkson. Alistair Clarkson, he's he's one of the best coaches to ever coach in the AFL. He's he's got something up his sleeve this week, I reckon. Um, Collingwood should win. I've got Collingwood. 
tipped uh, for this one. And Essendon, Essendon Suns, like you, uh, like you, um, Jules. I don't really want to pick pick my team, but but being an Essendon supporter, I feel we might be coming in hot. I feel we might be coming in hot. We might win this one. Uh, it'll be a bit of a tough one, but I'm going to tip the Bombers for this one. Don't sound too confident. No, I think he just paused because someone yelled. No, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. That that that's what happened, Joey. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the first podcast. Uh, we will be back to analyze round eleven. So stay safe, stay so COVID safe, and take care, Garnier. <laughs>